This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. How I Got My Wife to Read Comics Episode 513 This episode was pre-recorded. Can a comic book collector of over 30 years get his wife to read them? Will she let him keep them? Learn more in this podcast. Let's go to the comic book lounge with Mindy and Mark. Let's all take our seats. It's Crisis 300, a legendary crisis. This is how I got my wife to read comics. I'm Mark. And I'm Mindy. Just a reminder, you can go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts and blogs, or you can subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher. And leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com, like us at facebook.com slash sfppn, follow us on Twitter at sfppn, check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn, or call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. We are taping this in advance. Now, we recently completed the 200 level of this class, which covered the Crisis on Infinite Earths, a 12-issue maxi-series which crossed over into the entire DCU. It also consolidated the DC multiverse, cleaned up continuity somewhat, and taught DC and the comics industry that crossovers were money machines. So they became an annual tradition. Some actually moved the continuity needle, while others were forgettable gimmicks. In November 1986, DC brought us the first of those events. Legends! Since the close of Crisis on Infinite Earths, two events had occurred. John Byrne had rebooted Superman with the Man of Steel miniseries, and George Perez had begun his reboot of Wonder Woman. This is one of the sticking points of post-crisis continuity, as the original plan was to reboot the entire line at once. DC nixed that idea due to concerns that they didn't have sufficient talent to do it, or they just got cold feet. Instead, it was done in stages with some characters, I'm looking at you, Bruce and Hal, not being rebooted at all. So, as Legends begins, Superman is a brand new hero, and Wonder Woman is not yet known to the public. Now, we'll cover this all in one shot rather than issue by issue, or we'll never get through this class. Legends, a six-issue miniseries, publication date November 1986 to May 1987. Written by John Ostrander and Len Wein, penciled by John Byrne, inked by Carl Kessel, colored by Tom Zuiko, lettered by Steve Haney, and edited by Mike Gold. It all begins on Apocalypse. The fourth world was basically taken out of play in the crisis, perhaps because it would be so heavily involved now. Darkseed is complaining that it's too hard to take over the Earth because of all the heroes, the legends. Perhaps the time has come to strike at the core of the problem, to destroy the very concept of such legends. He sends glorious Godfrey and Dr. Bedlam, really on-the-nose names of his henchmen, down to Earth for a little job. Meanwhile, at Star Labs, Professor Stein is helping out with a fusion reactor, which instead generates a new villain, Brimstone. He's forced to call in Ronnie Raymond, who's in the middle of the shower, to merge into Firestorm, who together have very little luck against the behemoth. Meanwhile, Flash is fighting Deadshot. Of course, this is the new Flash, a.k.a. Wally West, who took over the cowl after Barry's death in CIE. 
He checks in at Titan's Towers, where Beast Boy is watching a TV show starring G. Gordon Godfrey. Hmm. A talking head who is anti-superhero. Wally complains how hard it is to live up to Barry's reputation, while Billy Batson argues against Godfrey on the TV. The power goes out at the TV station, and Billy says the magic word. He fights new villain Macroman and is forced to turn back into Billy in order to escape his grip, and the magic lightning incinerates the villain. Meanwhile, at the Pentagon, Amanda Waller is telling Colonel Rick Flagg that she's getting Task Force X, a.k.a. the Suicide Squad, back together. Meanwhile, Cosmic Boy is on a time vacation from the Legion of Superheroes in the 20th century. Isn't that asking for trouble? When Brimstone drops by, a battle is fought and Cosmic Boy barely survives. He's saved by Justice League Detroit. Back to Billy, where a crowd is gathered. They saw Captain Marvel apparently incinerate a bad guy. Billy is horrified and vows never to become Shazam ever again, while Darkseid metaphorically laughs. <laughs> Issue 2 begins with Godfrey, who takes this moment to talk to a reporter on the scene about how bad superheroes are. I feel the very concept of the hero has become trite and outmoded. Today's high-powered world is too sophisticated, too complicated, simply too dangerous for such an outdated notion as the heroic ideal. Godfrey, using his mind-control powers, quickly gets the crowd to agree with him. We cut back to Darkseid, clearly pleased with progress so far. Bedlam created Macroman, an animate specifically to be killed by Shazam. Suddenly, Phantom Stranger drops in to tell Darkseid his plan will never work and that the chaos he sees on Earth is simply free will. Darkseid replies that Apocalypse is so much better because there is no free will and invites us to stage two of his plan. Brimstone goes up against Justice League Detroit. Martian Manhunter attacks directly. Bad move against a flaming demon. Vibe knocks him down. Then Brimstone drops a building on the group. What is the sound of the end of the world? Replies the narrator. Cut to Deadshot in prison, who gets a visit and offer from Colonel Flagg. Flagg brought back up in the form of Bronze Tiger, who threatens to tear off his legs if he tries to escape. A court order later, and they are out of there. Cut to Gotham City and hostages at a mall. Batman and Robin, the Jason Todd version, swoop in and beat up the bad guys, leaving the Gotham City PD flat-footed and angry. What the hell are you doing here, Batman? Your job, Captain, but you didn't thank me. The crowd is riled up and attacks the dynamic duo. Batman is forced out, leaving Robin to be saved by the cops. Cut to Chicago, where Blue Beetle stops a drug bust, only to learn that he broke up an undercover sting, and then the cops attack him. Cut to an airliner where an engine blows. Fortunately, new Green Lantern Guy Gardner is there, but a strange piece of yellow shrapnel forces him to land the plane on a highway, where the drivers attack him. Are you sensing a pattern here? Cut to Titan Towers, where Cosmic Boy revives. Flash found him in a daze after he and Justice League Detroit, surprise, survived. He rushes out to save his girl, Night Girl, also on vacation, which a TV camera conveniently catches as Professor Ivo sees it. Excellent. My foes split their forces even thinner. Okay. Also watching TV? President Reagan, who is conferring with Superman about the chaos. We even get a shot of the recently late George Bush 41 in the background. 
Superman tells the Gipper that Godfrey is the problem, but he decides instead that all superheroes should stand down until the crisis is over. Huh? Back to Gotham, where the cops find a battered Robin in the ruins. In issue three, at Titan's Tower, a mob of protesters are saying, Down with superheroes! Sarge Steel is at the tower to keep an eye on the Titans. Cut to a hidden bunker where the new Suicide Squad is being assembled. Captain Boomerang, Blockbuster, Enchantress, Bronze Tiger, Deadshot, and Colonel Flag. The deal, if they succeed in their mission and survive it, all charges against them will be dropped. Don't believe it, guys. Bracelets are slapped on their wrists, which will explode if they try to escape. Oh, and the mission, eliminate Brimstone. During all this, Darkseid rolls out the third part of his plan, while Phantom Stranger continues to chide him, and Desaad keeps up a running commentary. Meanwhile, Billy, still refusing to become the world's mightiest mortal, runs into a young girl named Lisa in the chaos. The Suicide Squad has moved to Mount Rushmore, where Brimstone is taking out the monument. Deadshot has been given a special laser rifle that will supposedly take him out. Bruce checks in on Jason in the hospital. This Bruce is unrecognizable from the one we know today. He cares about the boy and gives him a pep talk. Unfortunately, Gotham is under siege and Bruce decides to ignore the presidential order. During all this, Desaad explains again how Captain Marvel was taken out of play. Deadshot's laser gun takes out Brimstone and Bronze Tiger stops Enchantress before she goes all evil and stuff. Blockbuster was killed in the fight. Well, someone has to die in each mission. Superman leaves the White House, promising Reagan he will stay off-duty, even though he disagrees with the edict. Cut to a suburban home, where Billy Batson has been taken in by Lisa's kindly family. Of course, they are anti-hero as well, except for the kids. Phantom Stranger says that's the critical mistake Darkseid is making. Children will always believe in heroes. Darkseid replies that it won't matter. Once I unleash my wondrous warhounds! Insert Bwahaha here. Issue 4 begins in Star City, where Count Vertigo is creating havoc, only to be stopped by Black Canary in her 80s headband, who is then attacked by the cops, one of which stops the other from shooting her. In the struggle, the cop is shot, and the other blames the heroine. Darkseid and Stranger, now palling around on Earth apparently, compare notes. Darkseid says civilization is a fine veneer with savagery underneath. Stranger goes literal, noting that Skataris, within the Earth, has Warlord, who is quite virtuous. What does that have to do with anything other than a plug for the Warlord title? Darkseid basically thanks Stranger for reminding him about Skataris and sends Desaad there. Back in Gotham, Joker and his mall, this is pre-Harley Quinn, of course, are in the middle of a job when who shows up but the caped crusader? The Joker uses the mall as a hostage, but Bruce stops him anyway, while plugging the detective title. Now, off to L.A. and a gang with a bodybuilding motif, Ms. Magnificent and her pretty boys, who are stopped by a green monster created by Guy Gardner, the one true Green Lantern. Over to Chicago, where a scantily clad woman turns out to be a robot controlled by Kronos, who is quickly stopped by Blue Beetle, who in turn has to evade the cops, letting Kronos get away. All of this is watched in the Salem Tower by Kent Nelson and Inza, Kent decides it's time to put on the old helmet and become Dr. Fate. Back to the Suicide Squad, who are ready to lose the bracelets after their successful mission, but Amanda wants to keep them around. 
Fortunately, Flag has morals and sets them free. Back to Gotham, where Godfrey is speaking to a huge crowd, attacking Reagan for ordering his arrest. He whips the crowd into a frenzy and offers them a chance to fight back. Now, who among you will be the first to lend his heart, his mind, his soul to the cause of a new America? Who will be the first to become a warhound? Cut to New York City, where Captain Boomerang is back to his old tricks until Wally arrives. Wally is not as fast as his mentor. He can only go the speed of sound, no other powers. So Boomerang clocks him and is about to kill him when a green kangaroo punches him out. It's Beast Boy, of course. Wally does the whole, I have to fight him on my own bit, and then here come the warhounds. Back to Apocalypse, where Darkseid continues ranting about his victory, and Stranger tells him that Superman is still on the board. So Darkseid decides to bring Cal to Apocalypse. But hey, Stranger, uh, maybe less talking would be good. Issue 5 begins with Billy, still afraid of becoming Captain Marvel again, and ran away from Lisa and her family for their safety. Lisa manages to find him just in time for her to get clocked by a piece of rubble. Billy does the with great power comes great responsibility bit and says the magic word. He flies into a mob who immediately attack him just in time for Dr. Fate to freeze the action and say, Captain Marvel, you are needed, and they both disappear. Black Canary is continuing the life of a fugitive taking out some goons when Dr. Fate appears and the same thing happens. Guy Gardner has a fight with villain Sunspot that goes on for far too long, and Fate does his act again. Blue Beetle is tracking down Kronos, becoming an inadvertent peeping Tom in the process, before Fate drops by yet again. In Gotham, Batman is swooping around while trying to figure out what is going on, and there's Fate again. Beast Boy, Flash, and Captain Boomerang are fighting warhounds with the latter almost killing the people inside. The mob responds by grabbing Boomerang, and before Flash and Beast Boy can save him, well, you know the drill. Back to the White House, where Reagan is conferring again with Superman, who apparently had an adventure on Apocalypse and his own title between issues. The government is stymied about what to do, then Dr. Fate pops in. Reagan says, Sir, your actions are in direct opposition to my executive order. Unfortunate, Mr. President, but I serve a higher authority. He then whisks the Man of Steel away. Back to Godfrey, stirring the mob into a frenzy and about to sacrifice Boomerang. He's also ready to march on Washington. Task Force X watches on TV and Waller says either rescue Boomerang or eliminate him. Over to our nation's capital where Godfrey speaks in front of the Lincoln Memorial. The time has come, my friends. The moment of the common man finally has arrived. The moment when we shall throw down the system that has struggled to suppress us so that we may raise up another better society in its place. Just then, who shows up but Fate's team? Guy says, Greetings, Gordon. Looks like it's finally party time. Jason Todd watches this all from his hospital bed and decides he needs to help out too, even if it kills me. Issue 6 whew, begins with more crowing from Darkseid and chiding from Phantom Stranger. Darkseid gives us a review of the events so far, and Stranger continues to tell him that he has forgotten one thing. Godfrey also gives us a rundown before Martian Manhunter arrives. Superman asks if the League is behind him, and John replies that the JLA no longer exists. The team springs into action with some less worried about the Warhound's occupants than others. Things seem to be going well before Godfrey calls in parademons. Blue Beetle. Looks like a bunch of escapees from the Wizard of Oz, if you ask me. But what do I know? I live in Chicago. 
A pep talk from Fate later, the team goes back into battle. Fate tries to talk down the crowd before a parademon grabs his helmet, turning him back into Kent Nelson. Apparently, Nelson can still fly, which he does. Godfrey goes back to interrogate Boomerang, who is happy to tell them about Task Force X, and Deadshot has him in his sights. Colonel Flagg calls off the kill, and Task Force X scares off Godfrey. Bronze Tiger tracks him down, but Godfrey takes over his mind. Back to Task Force X, who are listening to Boomerang being very appreciative, but Flag is having none of it. As of now, Boomerang, all bets are off. You're back with the program, perhaps permanently. Batman is also tracking Godfrey, but runs into some goons taking advantage of the riots, forcing him to take them down first. Guy is cleaning up some warhounds when a woman steps from the shadows. I had not intended to reveal my presence in man's world so soon after my arrival, but no Amazon worthy of the name can stand idly by while innocent blood is at risk. Yep, it's Diana who makes short work of the warhounds in a splash page. Guy's response, not bad, babe, you might have a future in the biz. I suggest if you are on the side of honor that you stop oogling me and protect those you are sworn to protect. Meanwhile, the White House is being overrun with goons in the Oval Office. Reagan says they will not bow to terrorism and gives them five seconds to surrender. The goons open fire, but the president is unharmed? Turns out Martian Manhunter stepped into the role for his protection. The others are wary, but Reagan says, Green-skinned or otherwise, this man just risked his life for mine, and I intend to thank him. He rescinds the presidential order. Soups and Cap clean up the remaining parademons while the ground-based heroes take on the mob who are just holding their own, and then the whole team arrives. Godfrey is ranting, telling them to destroy him as Bronze Tiger stands behind him. The mob begins moving in and Darkseid laughs. And a bunch of kids break up the action led by Robin. Lisa is in the group telling her daddy to be her hero and stop all this. Godfrey goes berserk, striking the child, which breaks the mental control over them. However, he has one more ace up his sleeve, Fate's helmet. He puts it on, and the power wipes out his own mind in an instant. The mob asks the heroes to forgive them. Superman tells them there's nothing to forgive, but Guy doesn't agree, saying that there must have always been a seed of distrust there. Captain Marvel responds with a speech about how they don't do what they do for hero worship, but to stop the threats mortals can't handle. Diana replies that there will always be a need for heroes, and Fate says there's still a need for the Justice League. What say you, my friends? Will you stand beside me in the name of justice? Batman, Martian Manhunter, Black Canary, Captain Marvel, and Blue Beetle say yes. Guy has to think about it. Beast Boy says he's already in the Teen Titans, but you guys can join us if you want. Flash needs to sort out his new life first, but he'll be there if needed, and Superman says he will too. Diana, of course, has disappeared. Back on Apocalypse, Darkseid is nursing his loss. Bah! It was an entirely reasonable plan, but these cursed humans are too unpredictable and starts working on his next plan. Phantom Stranger gives us an epilogue about legends in a splash page accompanied by a quote from Ephesians. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. A new beginning. Like Crisis on Infinite Earths, Legends had official crossover issues through the DC line. As before, many of those issues have little or nothing to do with the main storyline. Detective 568 shows the dynamic duo watching one of Godfrey's speeches. By the way, Godfrey looks completely different in this issue. 
Cosmic Boy had a miniseries which followed his adventures in the 20th century. Justice League of America 258 to 261 wraps up that series along with Justice League Detroit, allowing a new Justice League series to begin. Secret Origins Volume 2, Number 10, gives us the origins of Amanda Waller, referencing the new Suicide Squad. Firestorm 55 to 56 shows his view of the Brimstone fight along with the aftermath. Blue Beetle, Number 9 or 10, continues his fight against Kronos and its aftermath. Warlord 114 and 115 shows his battle against Assad. In Superman number three, remember this is just after his reboot, has Clark brought to an apocalypse by accident with Adventures of Superman number 426 and Action number 586 wrapping it up. In our next class, the Guardians go all millennium on us. Sorry, know who's on the cover because we are taping this in advance. Announcer bot. How can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out tumblr.com slash blog slash sfppn. Call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.